partnership between News Source One Michiana and Roaring Light Radio. Welcome to Roaring Light, your daily dose of Michiana community news and independent Christian artist music to get you going through the day. Roaring Light hosts are myself, Olivia Keith Hughes, Sylvia Stark, Rachel Kleckner, Pastor Joel Irvin, and Ron Barash. The Public News Service to our newscast, September the 20th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. We are now 50 days out from the 2020 midterms. Advocates are encouraging folks in Ohio to not only learn about candidates on the ballot, but also the importance of the offices that they wish to hold. Colin Morazzi with the ACLU of Ohio explains that state and local officials have a much bigger impact on the daily lives of voters than many high-profile federal leaders. So it's important to understand the types of decisions they'll be making. He uses the state auditor as an example. It's not a very flashy position. And in all honesty, the biggest role the state auditor plays is to investigate corruption and public malfeasance. But another equally important function is to be one of the seven map drawers for state and congressional legislative districts. The governor, attorney general, and chief Supreme Court justice are just a few of the key stakeholders who will be elected by Ohio voters on November 8th. To help give voters a clearer picture, the ACLU of Ohio has created a Power Of video series, which defines the scope of the duties for certain political offices, as well as the unique powers and privileges. Learn more at ACLUOhio.org. Mary Sherman reporting. Advocates for child well-being are in the nation's capital today. They're calling on lawmakers to invest in kids. More on that story from Eric Tegedoff. The Save the Children Advocacy Summit is gathering folks from around the country today to speak with members of Congress. They're focused on early childhood education and child hunger. Suzette Espinoza-Cruz is a senior early learning education specialist with the City of Seattle and volunteer advocate with Save the Children. She supported a mutual aid campaign in her community to deliver meals to kids during the pandemic. Espinoza Cruz says the pandemic's effects linger. Unfortunately, the inequity gaps that we saw in the dark times of COVID and the food insecurity that existed during the pandemic continues today. But legislation can help improve the livelihoods of kids and families. Espinoza Cruz says she's meeting with Washington Senators Patty Murray and Maria Cantwell and Seattle Congressman Adam Smith. And the New York Times calls it a remarkable reversal. Adnan Saeed walked out of prison on Monday for the first time since he was a teenager, having spent 23 years fighting his conviction on charges he murdered his former high school girlfriend. You may know this case because it was chronicled in the first season of the hit podcast Serial. 
The judge in the case vacated the conviction in the interest of justice and fairness, finding that prosecutors had failed to turn over evidence that could have helped Saeed at his trial and discovered new evidence that could have affected the outcome of the case. This is PNS. Today is National Voter Registration Day, and one Native American rights organization in Montana is ensuring people are ready to vote in November. Natanya O'Neill with Western Native Voices says her group has been working in communities to check folks' registration status. She says this will make it easier on November the 8th. They have all of the information that they need. They're prepared to their identification with them, and they know that they are able to vote. With the changes in the laws last year, it is a learning curve for a lot of people. In 2021, Montana lawmakers passed legislation that affected voter registration. One measure tightened voter ID laws so that people who are registering with a student ID, for instance, need a secondary form of identification. And ahead of Banned Books Week, the ACLU of Texas published what it calls a student's right hub. Attorney Kate Huddleston argues Texas school districts have become increasingly unwelcome and even hostile to LGBTQ, black, indigenous, brown, and religious minority students. She says the hub, which provides information about students' rights, is necessary because certain Texas politicians are trying to ban books and implement policies that target marginalized students. It currently is worse in Texas. We are really at the epicenter right now of an effort to restrict students' access to ideas. Banned Books Weeks highlights challenges to books in schools, bookstores, and libraries. I'm Roz Brown. The American Library Association did a survey. They found 71% of Americans oppose efforts to remove books from public libraries. Finally, Mike Bowen lets us know a South Dakota education panel has kicked off the public hearing phase in the state's latest effort to update social studies standards. In August, the state released proposed revisions for teaching history and civics, a year after the process was paused over the last-minute removal of several Native American references. A new but smaller working group drafted this year's plan, led by an official from a conservative college in Michigan. Andrea Stanishek, a teacher from Yankton, says there was little representation from certified educators. The proposed standards committee only had 15 members, three of whom had current teaching certificates. That's 20%. As you consider these standards, please ask yourself whether South Dakota values its teachers' expertise. Other teachers say the proposed revisions focus too much on memorization of facts without much room for analysis. Supporters, including some parent activists, say there should be a greater emphasis on certain points, arguing too many Americans lack basic civics knowledge. This is by Clifford for Public News Service. We're heard on radio stations big and small, your favorite podcast platform, and find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. Here is your weather forecast. Today, areas of fog before 9 a.m., otherwise partly sunny then gradually becoming sunny, with a high near 83. South wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m., partly cloudy, with a low around 71. Southwest wind around 10 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 20%. Wednesday, a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly after 2 p.m., mostly sunny, with a high near 81. Southwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour becoming northwest in the afternoon. Winds could gust as high as 25 miles per hour.
Welcome to Roaring Light, youth podcast of music and Michiana happenings. Yesterday was our modified shorter episode due to most of you watching the Queen's funeral. Now it's time to get back to a regular show, so let's get going with some tunes. Open my eyes, get ready for the day. Pick up my Bible and head on my way.
so suddenly It was a war inside I had to see And the wrestle in my heart took over me Take my hand, he said softly In the valley I couldn't see a hand He walked me through Oh, in the valley And folks, it's time for Would You Rather. I have a really good one for you today on the list. Would you rather work an overtime shift with your annoying boss or spend full day with your mother-in-law? 
<laughs> hey, if you love your mother-in-law, you don't mind it. If you like your annoying boss, that might be okay for you too. Chime in and let me know what would you'd rather do. That was would you rather. Calling all trivia people. Mission Walker Library will be hosting a trivia, 2000 trivia night on September 30th. Teams must consist of two to six members, and all participants have to be 18 or older. The event will start at 6.30 p.m. and will run to 8.30 p.m., and it will cover pop culture over the years from 20, 2000 to 2009. Members of the winning team will receive a 2000 prize themed prize. If you are interested in registering, head over to ABC57's Facebook page and tag the article Li Mishwaga Library to host 2000 Trivia Night for the registration form. Now folks, you know it's Hispanic Heritage Month and I wanted to give you some facts. Um, National Hispanic Heritage Month is celebrated from September 15th to October 15th. So it's celebrated for a whole month. The observation started in 1968 as Hispanic Heritage Week under President Lyndon Johnson. It was expanded by President Ronald Reagan in 1988 to cover a 30-day period. It was enacted into law on August 17th, 1988. And, um... Hispanic families, they in, do instill good things into their children like everyone else. You know, good manners, honor, and respect for authority and the elderly. Um, the food is amazing. They have amazing pride for who they are. I know that being with somebody that's from Puerto Rico. Um, you know, they just really love their country. And, and that's great. I think that's really great. And... Um, I have a lot of Hispanic friends and I don't see color. So uh, if you're a good person, we're, we can be friends. But I love Hispanic Heritage Month. I love Black History Month. I love everything. It's good stuff. Um, I hope everyone got to check out the Hispanic Heritage Festival this year in Goshen. Um, I actually got to go to a baby shower that was invited to with me and my with Pedro and with Malia and we went and sat and had some fun doing that with Hispanic people. Um, we had a really good weekend and I hope you all did too. And that's just a little bit of facts about um, Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, it's a reason to celebrate everybody.
are you looking for ways to help out the animal rescue? Here is ways to help our help out Heartland Small Animal Rescue. On Saturday, October 1st, we are taking $10 cash donations. Your pup will get a nail trim, a free Culver's bandana, and a coupon for a Culver Sunday. Bandana and Sunday coupons will be in the first come, first serve basis. And that will happen at Bark, Bath, and Beyond, located at 1234 Johnson Street in Elkhart. And it will be from 930 to 3. And for just a $10 cash donation, you will get a nail trim, a Culver's bandana, and a free Culver's Sunday. And they will only take cash. And you also are required to bring proof of your rabies vaccine. Get out there and help support Heartland Small Emma Rescue if you are able to. The midterm elections are coming up on November 8th, and advocates are reminding Michiganders to plan now on how, when, and where they will cast their ballots. Tuesday is National Voter Registration Day, and nonpartisan groups such as the League of Women Voters and Promote the Vote say that now is the time to register or ensure their registration is up to date. They also encourage people who want to be more involved in the democratic process to consider becoming a poll worker. Christina Schlitt with the League of Women Voters of Michigan says it's essential to ensure that the process goes smoothly. We're all trying to encourage our members to be poll workers. We think it's important to lend to the public perception of the integrity of the process with the league being a trusted source. It's also National High School Voter Registration Week. Schlitt says to emphasize the importance of getting young people involved, the league is sponsoring competitions across the state with prizes for the most registration. Sharon Delente with Promote the Vote says Michiganders can register online, by mail, or in person at a clerk's office or the Secretary of State's office up to and including Election Day. She says it's also a good idea to make sure you are still registered. We encourage folks to check their registration online, which they can do at the Michigan Voter Information Center, because sometimes, particularly in the last couple of years with the pandemic and stuff, folks may have moved just to make sure that they're registered at their current address. Valenti says there are resources for people with more questions. There's a nonpartisan voter protection hotline. If folks have any questions, concerns, and they need to talk it through with someone or they can't find the information, it's 866-OUR-VOTE. I'm Mark Richardson for Michigan News Connection. Find our eight trust indicators for transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Happy Monday. I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Welcome to Happy and Whole in Him. Let's begin with a question. How do you feel about how you feel? Emotions are peculiar and tricky things, aren't they? They can have really big muscles at times and push us around. And other times we can find ourselves wishing we could actually feel like others around us do. Emotions can be palpable, elusive, or just all mixed up. And depending on who we are, we can be more or less aware of them. Some of us regularly ride an emotional roller coaster and wish we could just shut them down. We can be feeling just fine and then we hear an inconsiderate comment or a scary situation. It can set us off and the rest of the day we are anxious, even seething beneath the surface. Others of us are hardly in touch with our emotions at all. I remember my own counselor once asking me how I felt during a stressful situation and I found myself struggling to put words to how I felt. I've had to learn how to grow in emotional maturity 
if I wanted to be spiritually mature, you know, to recognize what that feeling in the pit of my stomach was or the stress headache, what was that telling me? Now, the first thing we need to see is that God made us emotional creatures. Emotions are God's gift to us because when rightly reordered, they reflect God's image in us. We see God himself grieves, Genesis 6.6. He becomes jealous, Exodus 25. God rejoices, Zephaniah 3.17. And when God became flesh, we see our perfect Lord Jesus was emotional. So I want to spend some time this week looking at Jesus' emotions to see what we can learn, how he can guide us. But let's first start with Jonah. Jonah, that Old Testament prophet who hops on a boat to run from God's call. And so God sends a storm. And after he's thrown overboard, God sends a whale then to swallow Jonah. Most of us know this story. And they probably know that after Jonah is regurgitated, he obeys God. And he goes to this city and his preaching results in the greatest pagan revival in the Old Testament. But that's not where the story ends. There is an often overlooked and unexpected ending to this story in the fourth chapter. Verse 1, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee from Tar to Tarshish, for I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah is mad as a nest of hornets. He is mad enough to die. There's, there is a righteous anger, but Jonah is clearly not good and angry. The original Hebrew literally says this burned Jonah. He is piping hot at God. But does God tell Jonah he is the boss? So just cut out the anger tantrum. Does God tell him to stuff his emotions down? No. Because God sees there is great value to Jonah when he comes to understand his emotions and what they indicate. Instead, God becomes Jonah's counselor and he asks, Do you do well to be angry? This is a question for Jonah to take a look at his anger and to ask, What is going on in my heart? If you read on, God will actually add a second counseling session the next day where he will ask the same question again. God is saying, Jonah, look at your anger and understand the role that it is playing here. Your anger reveals what it is that you care about. Your emotions reveal what it is that you care about. Our emotions reveal what it is that we love. We only get happy or sad, angry or jealous over what matters to our hearts. And when we can step back and examine our emotions, we can begin to ask ourselves, are we doing well to feel this way? Our God is an emotional God. So if we are loving what God loves and hating what he hates, if we care about what he cares about, well, then we can say we're doing well. If our emotions reveal values different than God's, then we're not doing well and we need to repent. Well, let's just consider the first thing we need to be doing, which is exactly what Jonah does. 
Jonah goes to God and tells God exactly how he feels because he knows God can handle it. And that is what we need to be doing every day, all the time. Psalm 62.8 tells us to pour out our hearts to the Lord, for God is our refuge, which is exactly what we see our Lord Jesus did, most clearly perhaps at the Garden of Gethsemane, as Jesus was deeply grieved and went to his Father when he faced going to the cross. So let's begin to follow Jesus' example and pour out our hearts to our Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us feelings, emotions, so that we might better relate to you as we learn to pour out our hearts. Forgive us for the times we allow our emotions to master us, and also for the times we're so calloused that we cannot feel that we cannot feel. Help us to love what you love, and to open our hearts up even to what pains you, for it is in the experience of your pain that we discover the door to everlasting joys. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
before the world was made With power you displayed A beautiful unfolding What heart could ever understand The wonders of your hand The measure of your glory Notre Dame home games. 
Transpo will be operating their Game Day Express, which runs between downtown and Notre Dame. Fans traveling between downtown South Bend and the University of Notre Dame's campuses on Game Day Saturdays can utilize Transpo's free Game Day Express route before and after the game. The Game Day Express will run for three hours before the game and for two hours after the game. The bus will leave downtown for the last time one hour before kickoff. The route includes stops at Aloff Hotel, the Century Center, Courtyard Merritt, Doubletree Hotel, and Notre Dame at Kenner Hall. Free parking is available in downtown South Bend. The bus is open to the public and will only run on the day of the home games. If you're visiting Notre Dame for home games, save some gas and hop on the Game Day Express. Take care. Controversial books are nothing new, but the incidence of book challenges and bans has increased substantially in recent years. This week marks the American Library Association's annual Banned Books Week, and this year's theme is Books Unite Us, Censorship Divides Us. The ALA has conducted polling on the issue, which illustrates that 71% of Americans oppose efforts to remove books from public libraries, and 67% oppose efforts to remove books from school libraries. Deb Lambert with the Indianapolis Public Library says the collection policy there is to offer materials that are inclusive and designed to represent all the different kinds of people in the community. Lambert says recently they've seen some children's materials being challenged in a way that has not happened in the past. They specifically have challenges with board books and picture books, and they're calling them sexual and pornographic, even though what they show in these books is inclusivity of families, different family types. So for families that do have two moms or two dads, it becomes a norm for them to see that families are made up of all different shapes. More information on the ALA's initiative to fight censorship is online at uniteagainstbookbans.org. Within the ALA is the Office for Intellectual Freedom, where they've been tracking book censorship for decades. Its director, Deborah Caldwell-Stone, says organized political groups who advocate censorship are involved in efforts to influence school boards and library boards, sending motivated voices to speak to elected officials. Office holders facing book challenges often end up listening to to the people speaking out at public meetings. But when opponents of censorship make their voices heard, things can go differently. When there are others in the room speaking out against censorship, speaking out in favor of having a wide variety of books available for young people to read, for the community to read, then we often see efforts to remove books fail. Caldwell Stone says writing an email to the library board or sending a letter with another supporter to be read at a meeting may also give busy people a way to make their voices heard. Over her career, Caldwell Stone has seen the kinds of books that are challenged expand. She says books that contain profanity or coming-of-age stories with accounts of first sexual experiences have often been challenged, but in recent years, challenges have taken on additional political dimensions. When you look at the books that are challenged, you're seeing books that have no sexual content at all, but advance different narratives around our history with racism or the lives and experiences of LGBTQIA persons. The ALA estimates that between 82 and 97 percent of book challenges go unreported. For Indiana News Service, I'm Brett Pivato. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Upcoming will be the Veg Fest 2022 and it is coming to South Bend in October. The annual festival 
that promotes plant-based eating returns to South Bend in October. The festival will take place at the Century Center on Sunday, October 23rd from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. and admission will be free. This year, the Michigan Vega Fest will host guest speakers, cooking demos from local chefs, food vendors, clothing retails, and more. Here is a quote from one of the people. VegFest is a chance to spotlight the growing regional interest and actions take place within the plant-based eating community, co-organizer Jean Blad said in press release. We want to share with attendees the numerous avenues for entering a vegan lifestyle, showcase its many forms, and further interest of those who've already embraced it. If you're interested in volunteering, vending, or want to learn more about the Michiana Veg Fest 2022, you can simply click on, you can head over to www.u.com, and you can look for the story called Michiana Veg Fest 2022, headed in South Bend in October for any and more information. Take care, and have a wonderful day. Introducing the Hug Project, which has been around for a while now. The Hug Project, they send hugs and thanks to our military men and women serving in harm's way. A little bit about the Hugs Project. The Hugs Project started in May of 2004 in Oklahoma. It is a nonprofit organization dedicated to sending cooling ties to U.S. troops serving in harm's way. The Elkhart chapter of the Hugs Project began in 2006. As of May 2022, the Hugs Project has sent over 3.6 million hugs, and the Elkhart chapter alone has sent over 188,000 dedicated, dedicated volunteers across the U.S. send care packages along with hugs. To learn more about the Hugs Project, contact Kara West, who is the Elkhart Hugs Secretary, at 734 Six seven four seventy thirty seven, or Diane Friend, who is the Elkhart Hugs volunteer at five seven four, two one eight, ten thirty, or email hugs for troops at yahoo dot com. These care packages are for those serving overseas are not only needed, but they are still the best way to say thank you. While the troops' most basic needs are provided. There are certain, always certain items that ensure supply. The HUDS group is located at River Oaks Community Church, and their donations can be placed in the bin next to the office door located upstairs in room 201. Some of the things that are being requested are jerky or Slim Jims, Roma noodles, dry creamer, peanut butter, tuna in a pouch, drink mix, gum or candy, hot cocoa mix, oatmeal, and sunflower seeds. Some of the personal items that are needed are baby wipes that are unscented, feminine hygiene items, socks, black or tan, that go over the, over the ankle and logo-free, deodorant, a foot powder, sunscreen lip balm, body lotion, eye drops, frisbees, softballs, and baseball mitts. If you are interested in providing... Um, food items and personal items for the Hug Project, you can stop by your local Martins and there will be a display directly in the front where you can drop off any and everything that you need to support the project. Or you can simply head over to River Oaks Community Church. Take care and have a wonderful day.
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, buenos dias, buenas tardes, and buenas noches. Today we're going to look at rest. Rest is something that we all take for granted. There are 365 days in a year, 525,600 minutes in a year. Out of that minutes, how often do you take time for yourself? Do you take a day of rest? Sometimes we need to take a day of rest where we just slow down and relax to whatever is around us. Not often do we fall short of God's glory, but sometimes we all need to breathe and reminder that God is in control. There are seven days in a week. One of them days is a holy day, which is where the majority of us go to church, why some of us do not. Just because we go to church doesn't mean that we can't take time for ourselves. You can live a chaotic life, have a bunch of things go wrong, but in the midst of that struggle, let's take five minutes to rest and give it to God. Whether we're resting, listening to music, maybe we're resting, doing prayers, we're not cleaning or cooking for a few hours, Maybe we're just chillaxing with the dot coin books. If you have kids, maybe it's locking yourself in a room. If you have a lot for 30 minutes, and just let them do. If someone is crying, put an unknown, stop crying, and it's not a baby, walk away. Because eventually, you're going to wear yourself out. Do not wear yourself out. Try to find something good in every day. It's important for us to rest. If you're doing too much, slow down. Figure out what you can do. I know for me, it's busy week. I go to church twice on Sundays. Monday is Bible study. Tuesday's family night. And then Sundays, I have meetings on Wednesday nights. And once a month, I'll have a women's group. Sometimes it's something on Saturday. And there's no time. And so, I have to figure out when to make time for everybody. When to make time for this and that. And it gets a struggle. Because we get overwhelmed. But sometimes we just need to take a break. And learn to say no. And when to say yes. I know at work, we are short-staffed. And there are times where I literally got to walk out of the cafeteria with the kids and just take maybe it's a 30-second breather and come back in. That's a form of rest. Maybe it's turning, cranking up the radio to 80s, 70s, whatever type of genre you like. Hip-hop, rap, Christian, and just breathing. Remember to take rest. In Christ alone, all of our hope is found. And if we learn anything, we need to find time to rest in the 365 days and 525,600 minutes a year. It is difficult because we do live busy lives. But if you don't have a busy life, if you're home by yourself, you have time to rest. You just gotta make the effort. If you have kids, you probably do have time to rest. Figure it out. Whether it's wake up an hour earlier, the kids wake up at you wake kids at six thirty, and you wake up at six. Maybe you wake up at five o'clock. So you have that rest. If your kid gets it's get crazy after school, find something for them to do. Whether it's send them outside. 
homework, and school activities. You have the rest. You can do a lot of things and rest. Let's remember to take time in the Lord today and make sure we're getting some rest, shall we pray? Heavenly Father, be with the listeners across the country, across the world, across the states, wherever they're chiming in on. Help them know that it's okay to rest and when to know when to go. I pray that you work in their lives as they figure out the best way to serve you. I pray for the ones who don't know you, but they find rest in whatever activities that they do. Be with the busy bodies, chaotic life that we all live, parents included, kids. We all live crazy lives, 365 days a year, 525,600 minutes. We need to find time to rest each week. Doing one of some of our favorite things. May you continue to shine in everyone's heart this week. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and